Hey everyone. As you know, I'm a huge fan of living a healthy lifestyle, including taking the right supplements. Collagen is one of my favorite supplements. It is the most abundant protein in the human body. As we grow older, we break it down faster than we can replace it. This loss affects our skin, nails, hair, muscles, joints, and tendons, bones, and gut, making us look and feel old. Totem Voss is a wellness company that created a collagen chew for a real-life person, the 78-year-old mother of the founder. As a result, the quality is unrivaled. Totem Voss chews contain equal part deep-sea Icelandic cod, domestic grass-fed beef, and organic chicken bone broth, along with companion ingredients such as vitamin C for full collagen synthesis. These varied sources address a greater range of collagen needs within the body. Their customers are reporting results with such problems as rosacea, osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, degenerative disc disease, as well as improved hair, skin, and nails. Practitioners are finding the Jews to be an effective tool in restoring gut health. You can find Totem Voss, that's T-O-T-U-M-V-O-S, at getchews.com. That's getchews.com. Use code DRDIVA, that's D-R-D-I-V-A, for an additional 10% off your first order. You take the analogy of a baby. A baby is born, you look at that baby, and you know the baby needs love, and you know that even if the baby has problems, the baby deserves love. And so we all do, but when we're abandoning ourselves, we think other people don't deserve it. We think they're not good enough because we think we're not good enough. And then we project that out, and boy, the violence that that causes on the planet. Hello, this is Dr. Deva Nagula. Welcome to From Doctor to Patient, where our goal is to bring you topics of discussion that will educate you on the various healing modalities to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From Doctor to Patient. Today, I'm pleased to have Dr. Margaret Paul. She is a best-selling author, popular Mind Green writer, and co-creator of the powerful inner bonding, self-healing process, and the related self-quest, self-healing online program recommended by Marcy Shimoff, actress Lindsay Wagner, and singer Alanis Morissette. She has appeared on numerous radio and television shows, including Oprah. Her book titles include, Do I Have to Give Up Me to Be Loved by You?, and subsequent titles, Do I Have to Give Up, Me to Be Loved by God, and By My Kids, Healing Your Aloneness and Inner Bonding, and the recently published Diet for Divine Connection and the Inner Bonding Workbook. Margaret holds a PhD in psychology, is a relationship expert, public speaker, consultant, and artist. She has successfully worked with thousands and taught classes and seminars for over 50 years. Go to www.innerbonding.com backslash welcome for a free inner bonding course and join Dr. Margaret for her Love Yourself course. Margaret lives in Colorado on a 35-acre ranch. She has three children and three grandchildren. In her spare time, she loves to paint, ride her horse, cook delicious healthy food, read, make pottery, and joyously live her life as a golden girl with her best friend. Dr. Margaret, thank you so much for being here. How are you today? I'm great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. You know, you talk about a lot of things and you're an expert on a lot of things that really hold a lot of value for me as well as many others. 
And I have a lot of clients who come to me and who I find that the most simple thing to help them through whatever processes they're going through, anxiety, depression, it's really all comes down to loving yourself. Why is this so important and talk about this? Well, you know, if you think about, think about having a baby and the most important thing is to be loving the baby. I mean, that, that's what allows the baby to thrive. So if we think about our own inner child, soul, feeling self, whatever you want to call that part of us that feels the anxiety or depression or joy, um, that part of us needs love in order to thrive. And the problem is, is that most of us are brought up to think that the love has to come from somebody else. It, you know, of course did when we were babies, when we were toddlers, but um, you know, hopefully we learn how to do that for ourselves. But, you know, in fact, as you know, most people don't. And so what happens when we don't learn to love ourselves is that we are empty inside. We are needy inside. There's, we're, we're empty because there's, there's no love inside. And then we try and have control over other people giving us what we're not giving ourselves and that creates huge relationship problems because nobody likes to be controlled. And, and, you know, when we try and control somebody, they either give in, but then they're resentful or they resist or they get mad. And, and of course, it creates all kinds of relationship problems. And for us outside of a relationship, it creates a, a very deep emptiness that we want to then fill up with various addictions. You know, we'll turn to food or, or, or drugs or alcohol or, or pornography or TV or overwork or all kinds of things to fill up the emptiness that comes from what I call self-abandonment, which is when we're not loving ourselves. Yeah, and it reminds me because this is really true to my heart when this topic comes up. It's because I've had this revelation a little over two years ago for my own self-work, um, I actually did one of my first psychedelic experiences and it was shown to me that I need to let go of all the self-loathing thoughts and start loving myself. And in actuality, what shifted was that the thoughts that I had, the self-loathing, whatever the reason it was caused by, it was actually doing harm to others You know, right. because we're all connected. And so right. when I'm loathing and saying, awful things about myself, I'm affecting somebody else. And it was that dawn on me that, that made the shift for me. And I've been working really hard to transition where I have more positivity and more love for myself. Well, and in fact, you know, exactly what you're talking about is an underlying cause of so many of the problems today, because when people are loathing themselves, they're rejecting themselves, they're abandoning themselves, they then project that self-loathing out to other people. And that's where the things like racism and sexism and homophobia and all this violence and everything, all the domestic violence comes from. It's that projection of self-loathing. And so on a society level, it's extremely important that we learn to see who we really are in our soul. I mean, like, like again, you take the analogy of a baby. A baby is born, you look at that baby and you know the baby needs love, and you know that even if the baby has problems, the baby deserves love. And so we all do, but when we're abandoning ourselves, we think other people don't deserve it. We think they're not good enough. 
because we think we're not good enough. And then we project that out. And boy, the violence that that causes on the planet. Where does this come from? Is this, you know, is the, the self-hatred, the loathing, the lack of self-love, is that all a product of our upbringing, our environmental influences, or is it just inherited through, through genetics? You know, it, it, I think it's both. You know, my parents had no idea how to love themselves. They were completely self-abandoning. Um, they were controlling. They were narcissistic. Uh, and so they projected their self-loathing onto me. And so I learned to judge myself. I learned to think other people should be loving me instead of me. I learned to turn to various addictions uh, as a way to avoid my pain. And so I definitely learned it from them. And I think most people do. But I think there's also some inherited trauma uh, that, that people experience. I mean, you know, there's been so much trauma in our society um, going all the way back before people settled America. In Europe, there was a lot of trauma. There was torture. There was all kinds of things. And then, of course, here in our country, it was huge trauma with, with, you know, with blacks, with uh, Native Americans. I mean, it, it's just been awful what's happened in our, in our country. And so I think that a lot of that trauma gets handed down in a lot of ways, not just through the parents' role modeling, but actually I think it's in our genes and that there's a lot of healing that needs to happen. And the inner bonding process, which is what I teach, is amazing for doing that healing work. Yeah, and we'll get into that in just a second, but it's interesting because I think a lot of people can probably relate. They weren't loved enough as a kid. Maybe they were bullied as a kid, and as you said, there were genetic you know, DNA that was transferred from parents to the child. And yeah. you know, for me specifically, I was in a, in a home environment. It was overall loving, but it was very much a patriarchal um, household where there was a lot of demands um, placed on me to achieve, and that superseded any kind of feelings that could be transferred as love that was the love that i was getting and so you know i've been seeking that i was and, and that's what you were explaining earlier is, is that you tend to seek it out and you feel the rejection if you don't get that and right. how do you deprogram this you know i i guess we can transition this into your the inner bonding that you were talking about yeah well we deprogram when we learn to love ourselves and inner bonding is a six-step process that anybody can learn. It's a pathway. And when people learn the steps and they practice it, they are reprogramming. They're, you know, anything that we focus on for a period of time changes the brain. The brain has neuroplasticity. It changes. And, I, and you know, I work with so many thousands of people that say, wow, you know, I'm a different person. My brain has changed. And that's because they've been practicing a new way of being. And over time, and it doesn't actually take that long over time, we reprogram ourselves. It's like I'm a completely different person today than I was before I started practicing inner bonding. And I'm thrilled with the difference. And, and so I know from my own experience, but the experience of you know, tens of thousands of people I work with that, that it works. Mm -hmm. And can you explain to us a little bit more about the, the practicing of the inner bonding process and the steps involved? Yeah, so step one, and I'll, I'll go through it briefly, but really for people to get the, you know, the, the deep understanding of it, they have to actually do it. So, so step one is learning to move from mind focus, which we all, we all learn to be up in our mind when we were children because our feelings are in our body. Mm -hmm. 
And most of us had a lot of pain. And so we couldn't manage the pain. And one of the ways we learned to, to disconnect and abandon ourselves is to go up in our mind. We needed to do that. That was a survival mechanism. Now we need to do the opposite. We need to get back into our body because that's where our feelings are. And it's about taking responsibility for our own feelings rather than numbing them out, um, avoiding them with addictions, making others responsible. So step one is learning to, to take deep breaths. It's a, it's a form of meditation where you breathe in and you go inside your body and you scan your body for any physical sensations because feelings generally show up physically. Like if you're anxious, you're going to have a tight stomach or a tight chest or your throat will be tight. So it shows up physically. And it means getting present. See, most people, if they have a feeling, they have learned to move away from it. Uh-oh, no, 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 I, I can't go there because I don't know what to do with that feeling. But in step one of inner bonding, you move toward the feeling. You welcome the feeling because it has vital information for you. So you breathe in, you get present with your feelings, and you make a decision, a conscious decision, that you actually want responsibility for your feelings. So that's step one. Then in step two, we breathe into our heart. And um, inner bonding is based on a concept of intention, that there's only two intentions in any given moment. And one is the intention to learn about what's loving to you, about your false beliefs, about what's true, about how you're abandoning yourself. And the other intention is to protect against pain with various forms of controlling and self-abandoning behavior. So obviously, we have to consciously choose the intention to learn about loving ourselves. And in step two... We teach people how to open to um, their higher source of personal guidance. We, we all have spiritual guidance, but most people actually don't know how to have a personal relationship with that. And so we, we teach people how to, how to raise their frequency. Our frequency is the, is the rate at which our energy is vibrating, and spirit vibrates at a higher frequency than we do, which is why we can't see it. Like if we vibrated like a hummingbird's wings, we wouldn't be able to see each other. So our bodies vibrate at a dense um, uh, rate so we can see each other, but we can raise the, the frequency of our energy. And there's mainly two things that it takes. One is the intention to learn about love. That raises the frequency, whereas the intention to control lowers the frequency. And the other is... Um, the, the body, uh, eating clean, fresh, organic foods is what the body is, is meant to deal with. When you eat sugar and, and, and ultra-processed foods and things, you know, foods with pesticides and, and, and factory farm foods and, and the, the, the oils, the, you know, the vegetable oils, all of these things are so awful for the body. They're not natural for the body. And so it's very hard on the body. Of course, it creates illness, as you know, but it also lowers the frequency, generally too much for the person to be able to access their guidance. So if people choose to eat really well and get clean, clean up their guts so that their gut's in balance and learn to open to learning, they will have very easy access. And they're amazed at what happens 
when they're able to, to consciously raise their frequency. And I talk about that in my book, Diet for Divine Connection. Um, anybody can learn to do this, and it's so life-changing to know that you're never alone, that you're always being guided, that this is your source of love, that you don't have to keep going to try and get it for people. You can access the love that is the universe. So in step two, we're opening to learning and we're inviting the love and the compassion of our higher guidance into our heart. And that's what creates what we call the loving adult. We have to be a loving adult in order to learn. We, we, we can't be like a child or adolescent trying to learn. That, that just doesn't work. So, you know, it's like if, a, if, you see, if you see a child who's upset and you go to the child and you say, well, what's wrong now? The child is just not going to let you in. But if you say, sweetie, I see you're upset and there must be a good reason and I'd like to understand um, and is there anything I'm doing? The child is going to let you in. The child will feel safe. So um, we have to be that loving adult, and that's what step two is about. Then in step three, we're going inside. We're going back into the feelings, and we're asking, what am I doing? What am I telling? Let's say we go inside, we're feeling anxious or depressed or, or angry or guilty or shamed or empty or alone or jealous or any of these feelings we call wounded feelings that we cause with our self-abandonment. So we're asking what am I doing? How am I treating you? What am I telling you? What are the judgments I might be leveling at you? Am I ignoring you? That, that's causing you to feel these painful feelings. It's an exploration. And then we go inside and we let the answer come from the feeling itself. So let's say I go in and I'm anxious. And so I'm asking that question. What am I doing? What am I telling you? And so the anxiety might say, well, you're telling me I, I'm not good enough or I've got to be perfect or you're putting all this pressure on me or you're, you know, and there's all kinds of things we could be telling ourselves that's creating the anxiety. And once we understand how we're treating ourselves, what we're telling ourselves, we go a little deeper into what we call the ego wounded self. And this is the part of us. This is the part of us that's programmed with so many false beliefs. It, it's up in the base of the brain called the amygdala, and it's filled with false beliefs. It, it's a programmed part of us that goes um, on automatic, and that's where the intention to control is, the intention to avoid our feelings with our addictions, and this is the part of us that judges ourselves. You're not good enough. You're, you're bad. You're, you'll never amount to anything. You don't even belong on the planet. I mean, these are the things that that part of us is, is programmed with. So we want to start to be aware of those program beliefs. And once we understand what we're doing and what the beliefs are and where we got them as we were growing up, step four, we open again to our higher guidance and we ask, what's the truth about any of these beliefs? And what is loving to me? What loving action do I have to take? And it's so important to be able to access that because we don't have good role models in our society for truth and love. If you, when I started to practice in Urbana, I just, uh, who, who do I turn to for what's loving to me? I know my parents certainly weren't the role models. Who, who do I turn to? And so I realized that it had to be my higher guidance. And so, 
We have to learn to access that in order to know truth and to know what's loving. And then in step five, we take the loving action. We do what's loving. And then in step six, we tune back in. And if we're feeling relief, if we're feeling less anxiety or depression or guilt or whatever, we know we've taken a loving action. Hey, Dr. Diva here. Thank you to all my listeners who supported my book and helped to make it a huge success. You all have helped us hit number one in Barnes & Noble, number one in oncology, cancer, healing, and medical ebooks, and number 21 in all of the Kindle store. You've also helped us hit number three on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. If you haven't received your copy, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or booksatmillion.com. Visit from doctortopatient.com to become part of our growing community of health and wellness aficionados and to learn more. If you like our book and podcast, please go to amazon.com to write a five-star review and go to Apple Podcasts to also write a five-star review on this podcast or any of our episodes that you've enjoyed. We need reviews to attract and secure top-notch guests for this show. Thank you so much for your support. Wow, that's awesome. That's beautiful. I love it. How did you come up with this? This is so beautifully done and it seems so complete and thorough. I would imagine that if anyone follows these steps, you know, it's 100% effective yes. in, in transmuting whatever ill feelings you might have towards yourself. Well, I, um, I practiced as a traditional psychotherapist for um, 17 years and I had a ton of my own therapy you know, coming from a dysfunctional family. And I wasn't happy with my therapy because I still had anxiety and some depression and emptiness. And, uh, and I wasn't happy with my clients. So I started to pray for a process or a teacher or something that would really work, that would work fast, that would work deep, that people could learn, that they could do on their own. Well, that's what I, when I met the co-creator, Dr. Erica Chopit, she had half of inner bonding and I had half of inner bonding. And so, of course, Spirit made sure that we met mm -hmm. and, and uh, Spirit helped us put it all together into the six steps. And, and that was uh, 36 years ago. And that's when I started to practice it. And, uh, and it's a good thing because at that time, I, I was life-threateningly ill from the deep level of self-abandonment. I had learned to be a caretaker. I was giving myself up to everybody. I was taking care of my kids, my husband, my parents, my clients, and you can't continue to do that. It, it wipes out your immune system. And that's what was happening for me. And I didn't know why I was sick because I was eating really well since my early 20s. I'd been eating all organic. Um, I couldn't understand why I was so sick, but you can't treat yourself that way without getting sick eventually. Mm -hmm. And so when I started to practice interbonding, I got better. And I, in fact, hugely better and, and my creativity and my ability to manifest. Now, the problem was, and this is what hangs a lot of people up, is that I had been a caretaker all those years. And when you're giving yourself up and taking care of everybody, they expect it. And I was terrified that if I stopped taking care of everybody and started to take care of me, 
that I would find out that the people who said they loved me really didn't. That all they, they just loved how I loved them, but that they really didn't love me. And in fact, that is what happened. I lost my 30-year marriage. My kids were angry. My parents disowned me. I mean, it was really tough. It was a really tough time for me. But I healed. I got me back. And I started to experience joy for the first time, even, even with all those challenges. So even though it was so hard, I'm so grateful for inner body and so grateful that I took the risk because my life changed completely at that point. And with all this healing that you've done, you know, I'm imagining that you took on a lot of negative energy you know, with, with the people that you were a caregiver for. You know, how do you not let that affect you? I mean, I, I, as a physician, I used to see chronic pain patients and you know, clients that I have now, they have a lot of personal issues that come up. And so I would oftentimes, with both scenarios, just feel wiped out. And right. how do I not let it bother me or affect me where it lowers my vibration? Yeah, so I, I have the same thing. I work with a lot of people with very, very deep trauma, but, you know, horribly abused as children and in terrible, terrible pain. And what I've learned to do, since it's, it's really, it's a decision that I am not responsible for their feelings. As long as I thought I was responsible, I took it all on. And it, you know, obviously made me sick. But when I realized that I can't take responsibility for another's feelings, and in fact, when I do, um, that's codependency. They become dependent on me instead of learning to actually take loving care of themselves, which is what heals them. And so now what I do when, I, I mean, some of the people I've worked with are in just, uh, you know, so much trauma. I bring it into my heart. I feel the compassion. And then I immediately send it to spirit. And I say, it, it's yours. It's not mine. It's not mine to fix. It's not mine to keep. And that's what keeps my frequency high. So I am here to support people. I am here to help them learn to love themselves. Um, I am here to certainly send them much compassion, but not to take responsibility for them. And that's the real key. That's a good lesson. And another person who I spoke with this about a week or so ago told me that when you're going into a situation where you're helping a person or you're with someone who needs assistance, whether it's a client or a patient or a friend, you go in with that scenario with the intention that not only are you helping healing that individual, but you also help healing yourself. Right. And that shifted for me because, you know, then I, now I look forward to those challenging cases because if I help heal that individual, I'm also helping heal myself. Well, that's right. And, and that's what's wonderful about the work that we do is that we're, we're always in that, we're always in that process of healing and evolving and learning and growing. I mean, I think being a helper like this is, is fantastic mm -hmm. because it gives us that opportunity to continue to heal and grow. And in your processes here, uh, the inner bonding processes, you talk about being mindful. What's your advice for folks who, you know, are burning the candle at all ends and, and don't have time to sit for themselves and to do some introspection, to evaluate what they're feeling and release that? I mean, what, what would you recommend for people to uh, engage, whether it's an app or a tool? 
you know, uh, inner bonding is not a process where you where you have to sit. I, I'm not I'm not a sitter. For example, my first inner bonding process every morning is I go out. Uh, I take my dog for a walk, and I walk them down hills, and I do my inner bonding work out loud. And so I'm exercising and doing my inner bonding. And then the rest of the day, I stay tuned into my body in step one. I mean, that's one of the most important things. Being mindful means being mindful of what you're feeling and being mindful of the messages coming in from spirit. Now, this takes practice. It took me a lot of practice to move from head focus to body focus and to be open enough to be hearing my guidance throughout the day. But I do now. I hear my guidance all day, um, letting me know what's loving to me in any given moment. And I'm always asking what's loving to me now. And I'm, you know, it's like, I, I tell people, it's like, if you have a baby and you want to be a good parent, you have an inner, you have a baby monitor on. You don't just put the baby in the crib and go out to lunch. This is having your inner baby monitor on where you're listening. That's what mindfulness is. You're listening. You're being present. And for those people who are not sitting meditators like I'm not, um, you can do it anytime. And, and, and one of the things about many of the meditators that I work with is that they do great while they're meditating, but they don't do great the rest of the day. And so for me, being mindful is, is an all-day thing. It's being present in my body and present with my higher guidance, even while I'm working with people like right now. I'm with you, but I'm aware of what I'm feeling, and I'm aware of any messages that are coming through. In fact, I just let it come through. Like right now, I don't even think it. <laughs> I just let it come through. And, and I tell you, it becomes so much fun when, when you learn to have this at-will divine connection. Uh, when I used to write books, it was so hard. I mean, I'd have to like, oh, grip my teeth to get myself to sit down and write. And now it's one of the most fun things because I sit down and I say, okay, you're on. And it just comes through like dictation. Wow, It's just so much fun. And I mean, life is incredibly different when you're letting your higher self, whatever you want to call it, whatever, doesn't matter what a, what a person's belief system is. They don't have to believe in God, but this, this energy is here. And they can think of it as an older, wiser part of themselves, but that it's there. And when they learn to tap into it, things just become so much easier. And mm -hmm. that's where manifestation is. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. And I'm curious of your thoughts um, as you wrote a book, Diet for Divine Connection. And diet is a huge part of this, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm a big believer that in order to really access spirit or your higher self. You know, you have to have a clean vessel. And right. if you're polluting yourself with not only thoughts and emotions, but with toxins from, you know, foods that you're consuming, then right. your vessel is just, yeah. you know, it's, <clears throat> it's not pure. And right. you're not able to achieve a higher vibration. And, you're all, and, and then, therefore, you're more inclined to be at a lower vibration, mm -hmm. having lower, lower vibrational thoughts. And it's just a cycle. And, and, and it's hard to get out of that unless you know about how to eat clean. So... Tell us about this book. Okay, before I get to the book, let me just tell you a little bit about how I got there. So I was a really sickly kid. And in my early 20s, I was just so tired of being sick. And so I started to do research 
I read Silent Spring by Rachel Carson. I read The Poisons in Your Food. And I realized, oh, my God, I was eating horribly. I threw everything out. There was one little tiny health food store in Los Angeles at that time. And that's where I was living. And that's where I shopped. So since I was 22, I've been eating only pure, clean, organic foods. And even with that, I got sick. But when, when inner bonding came in, and I realized that if I moved into an intention to learn, I've been trying to connect with my guidance the whole time, but I, I didn't know how to do it. And once I was able to open to learning, boy, it just started to happen. I just started to get these downloads. And I thought, wow, I just have to tell my clients to open to learning and they'll be able to do that, except they weren't able to. And so it took me a while to connect the dots. And that is that it needs to be like you said, both the food, the vessel has to be clean, and the intention to learn about love. And so um, when I put those together, that's when I realized, okay, you know, people have to eat well if they want to, if they want to connect with their guidance. Well, that's what Diet for a Divine Connection is about. Uh, The whole first part of the book is about food, and it's about my journey with food. It's about, it's not a diet. I don't recommend a diet because people have different philosophies. But I I help people to understand how to tune into their own body, how to know what resonates with them, what's really healthy for them. But whatever their philosophy, it's got to be clean, organic, fresh. It can't be, you know, this sugared, ultra-processed food and and be healthy. You know that. You know, you can't do that. And so the first part of the book is all about that. And then the second part of the book is inner bonding. And, and so the two together allows people to connect with their higher guidance and completely change their lives, really learn to love themselves. Well, that's, that's wonderful. That's important to me because it's just a valuable lesson. And it also reminds me of the trials and tribulations of my own personal life. It's, you know, I, I, I had stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma five years ago, uh-huh. and I learned that it was very much a lifestyle practice that caused all this and I was not eating well I had you know poor thoughts all the time emotions were, were uh, you know up and down and so I mean it, it goes to show you I mean it's no wonder that I, I actually got cancer and right. so it's been for me it's a learning lesson and that I want to stay in remission and now I have the tools and it's a lot of work I mean it yeah. really is but in the end you know it's it's a price you have to pay to be joyful and happy and to love others. And, and this is all about, this is the way that we want to live life. And so I no longer want to live in a low vibrational state of fear and anxiety. I, I know that, mm-hmm. you know, those are emotions that are just going to pull me down and, and, and lead me to sickness. And so right. it's been a learning lesson for me. And, you know, I'm still learning and I'm still navigating. It's not going to be something that's going to happen overnight. It takes a lot of patience and dedication. Well, you know, I mean, uh, the reason it's hard is because people haven't learned you know, how, how to eat well and, and what to do. It took me, took me time to figure it out. And at this point, I mean, I'm a really busy person, but I make all of my own food uh, and, and I, I buy it from local farms. And I mean, it's, it's, I eat really, really cleanly. And <laughs> when I started to eat this way in my early 20s, that was a long time ago. That was 58 years ago. 
and nobody was eating that way. And I was in college and people were making fun of me. You know, I was a health food nut uh, for eating that way. And now those people are either dead there or, you know, they've had hip replacements, knee replacements. They've got Alzheimer's, uh, you know, none. I don't know a single person that I went to school with then who is as healthy as I am right now because none of them have been eating the way that I have and none of them have been practicing and are bonding the way that I have. So, you know, I, I, I really want people to know that you can get older. I mean, I'm, I'm 81. I've got, I'm as healthy as I you can look be. Great for 81. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm, I'm full of energy and yes, you I, are. yes, I got a ton of energy and, um, I want people to know that they can live vibrant, alive, productive lives into their older age. They don't have to get sick and decrepit and all that. They don't have to. But they have to be willing to take loving care of themselves physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Well said. I couldn't have said that better. Well, Dr. Margaret, how can people find out more about your inner bonding process, more about you, and more about your books? Well, they can go to innerbonding.com. We have a wonderful website. There's a lot of free help. I have a free course that people can get the overview of interbonding. Um, there, there's a lot of ways people can get help. I, I teach a wonderful 30-day course called Love Yourself, which really will teach people how to love themselves. And, um, and then there's an online program called SelfQuest, which is very in-depth in terms of uh, learning interbonding. We have many well-trained facilitators. I work with people on Zoom and Skype and phone, and the facilitators do too. They, they charge less than I do. Um, and so people can get help. And uh, we have a wonderful um, community called Interbonding Village that people can join. Those people that do can get three free sessions with an interbonding facilitator and training to really get them started on the interbonding process. So there's nothing to stand in the way for people. There, there's so much free help on the, on the site that even if somebody has no money at all, they can learn inner bonding. And of course, the books, you know, especially uh, Diet for Divine Connection and the Inner Bonding Workbook will uh, really teach them the process. Hmm. Wonderful. Thanks for all the work that you do. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Take care. You too.